Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, when you get a chance, do me a huge favor and check out the all-new ConsumerGuide.com. While you're there, check out our 2023 Best Buy Picks. This list is a great place to start shopping if you're looking for a new car or crossover. And if you're not looking for a car or crossover, just check out our blog because that's where the fun stuff happens. All right. She's a North American Car of the Year juror. She's the managing editor at Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. And her freelance work can be found all over the internet. She's Jill Simonello. Hey, Jill. Hello. So you're still, uh, you're still a little groggy. You're not feeling great. Yeah, I'm still feeling a little bit off. Oh. Yeah. You're still expected to do like an A performance on the podcast today. I, would I do anything less? I don't know. Because I'm awesome. I don't know. You haven't touched your donut. I have not touched my donut. Um, let's see. It. I'm opening... Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. opening the Again, bag. We don't need a Foley artist. Well, we've, you know. we've, we've got it covered. Pink. Pink. It is pink. The reason I'm asking about your donut, uh-huh. I was visiting with Steve and Johnny on the radio Saturday night. That's uh-huh. when they have their show on WGN Radio. Some listener of ours texted them complaining that we no longer talk about donuts. Oh. So there you have it. So, yeah, I guess I guess we need to talk about donuts. Yeah. Now, th- that donut is from Spunky Dunkers. Okay. And I'm feuding with them. You are. Because they are charging a credit card fee. Well. Which isn't, there's nothing in their store that says they're cash. doing that. I could, but that's really complicated. <laughs> then you have change. Then you do have change. I don't mind singles. I uh-huh. mind copper. Oh. Like, what do you do? I guess you just dump it in the tip jar. You, I, that's usually what I do. When I play a cash, I just dump it all in the tip jar. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Because I lose change anyway. <laughs> and I used to play poker a lot, mm-hmm. but I haven't played poker in years. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm sure I can just get a roll of quarters if I do. You, you probably could. So we have a lot to talk about we, today. We do. Um, we have a good show today. Is that going to be our whole donut thing? Uh, yeah, I, I think it is going to be our whole donut thing okay. for today. Other than the fact that I promise at some point in the future I will make donuts okay. to take a break in your feud with Spunky Dunkers, and they will be gluten-free and dairy-free, and they are going to be awesome. I want to make fun of that. You do. I do, but but Steve King, oh, Steve and Johnny, uh-huh. is gluten-free. So maybe I need as, to- As is my wife. I should remember that, Yes, too. you should. Your wife is important. Yes. <laughs> also, I've had your gluten-free- Dairy-free donuts. Food-free donuts or yeah. whatever they are. Yeah. They're very good. They are. So yeah. maybe, maybe the next time we have Steve and Johnny in- uh-huh. Oh, well, Which that would be would nice Which would be, hopefully soon, that I will make gluten-free, dairy-free donuts. I will talk to them about that. Yeah. All right. So, you, like you said, we've got a good show today. We've got yep. a lot to talk about. You were Portugal driving the uh, Lexus uh, GX and TX? <laughs> Portugal. I've not been to Portugal, and I was not driving the TX and, oh. and GX. Uh, I was in Texas, which sometimes seems like another country. I'm correcting my notes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can hear it. I, I could right. I can hear that, uh, okay. but uh, but but no Texas, uh, which sometimes seems like another country, and they revealed uh, the GX and the TX. So we need to talk about that. There's crazy Tesla news. Yes, I wanted to talk real quick about the Subaru Crosstrek Premium, which mm-hmm. was re- the, the Crosstrek was redesigned, freshened for 2024. Mm-hmm. I've got some exciting news there that you'll like. I'm crossing donut review off of here because yes. we did that. Yes. I also, my feud with Spunky Dunkers, I mentioned I'm crossing that off too. Okay. Okay, I think, oh, oh, and then after the break, 
we speak with Robbie DeGraff of Auto Pacific. Yep. And somehow we've managed to not schedule him like three times in a row. Uh, he <laughs> had to cancel. We had to cancel. Now he's but on the third show. time's a charm. Yeah. He's, he's in. Um, and before we, we get into the news, I have some news of my own. Really oh. Quick. That I want to tell. Yeah, so um, this is kind of exciting. Um, I got named to the Women's World Car of the Year jury today. I am unfamiliar. Um, so I, I actually, I because this is new to me too. Um, I I've got their little um, about Women's World Car of the Year. So did you have to agree to join? I did. Okay, I did. And just I, getting named is weird. Well, I was I was nominated, and then they asked me to apply, and uh-huh. then I was named. So there was a process. There was a little bit of a process. So in addition to the North American Car of the Year. Uh, jury, I am on the Women's World Car, and uh, it's the only awards group in the world that is comprised exclusively of women motoring journalists, and it was created in New Zealand. Uh-huh. And didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming at all. Um, and so um, I think they said there's something like, uh, what is it, 66 judges from 48 countries. And so I'm one of the only Americans on this jury. There's, That's I think, three of us now. World car is a little weird, and New Zealand is weirder. New Zealand has crummy cars, so is <laughs> Australia. They're all, like, rebranded Chinese cars and weird stuff from Pan-Asia. <laughs> they don't have, like, General Motors and Ford pulled out. There's nothing good in New Zealand. Toyotas. But but so the, the current president, I believe, is from Spain, and I was uh-huh. messaging today with um, their social media person who's from Belgium. So it's kind of cool to, like... You know, have this connection to other women who do what I do around the world. And then all these people, Belgium, Spain, uh, Brazil, and Australia, they, they all make Americans feel inferior because they all speak really good English. Oh, they do. Yeah. They do. Like the, the woman, um, she sent me, the, the president, she sent me the press release, and she's like, English isn't my first language. Please, you know, feel free to correct if, as you need. And I'm like, this is really well written, and I don't have to make any changes. You're awesome. So, um, yeah, and it, it does make me feel very inferior. I can uh, speak un poquito de español, but that's about it. Yeah, I've got cousins in Germany that speak English better than I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. When do when do they vote, and and when does when does all this happen? Um, I I feel like it's a year end voting situation. I like I said, just happened today, so it's all still very new to me. Okay, I'm still getting familiar. So, like North American Car of the Year gets announced in um, January. Uh huh. Um, and I, I I feel like this will probably be on a similar cycle. Okay. Well, we'll we will we will watch for news there. Yes. All right. Uh. I didn't have that on my schedule, but I'm crossing that off anyway. <laughs> you wrote it down so you could cross it off. I love it. So Lexus News. Yes. Lexus News. And this is big news for me because, one, I've been predicting that the TX is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved the GX. Mm-hmm. So we should talk about those. But the GX mm-hmm. was a largish, midsize, off-road, ready, body-on-frame thing. Yes. And you know what? I don't know for certain if it's still body on frame, it but it is still that particular type yep. of vehicle. Yep. It's it's dedicated off-roady. And then, then the TX, mm-hmm. the vehicle that Lexus so desperately needs, mm-hmm. is a three-row midsize crossover yes. based on the new Grand Highlander. Yeah. So it's built on the, I think they're calling it the GAK platform, and that is the same platform that the Highlander is also built on. So you saw these things. Yes, I saw them. Do tell. Uh, so I have to say the showstopper was probably the GX just because it is so cool looking. It is so cool looking. Um, the LX, the bigger, the yeah. bigger Lexus vehicle, kind of boring looking. It's fine. And yeah. I've driven it and it's good. Yeah. Uh, it's also expensive now. Yeah. Very expensive. It's, it's full Cadillac Escalade money, but it does not look exciting. The no. GX 
Looks really good. That looks like something I want to take on a safari. Like, I want to get in that, and I want to... Like, my first thought was... Damn, that would be so much fun to take this off-road and rebel. Like, I, I can't wait to see who the first person competing in this vehicle in the rebel rally is. If they allow that. Why wouldn't they? Well, if Lexus wants that that kind of play. But because, they it, they don't have a choice. It could be somebody's oh, personal oh, car. Oh, well, yeah, there's no stopping that. Yeah. I meant, I, meant, I, don't th- I didn't think Lexus would sponsor that. Probably not. Uh, they, they usually put their own engineers in if they're going to put a car in. And we know that Toyota's going to have a 4Runner based on this coming mm-hmm. soon, which may also look super cool. Soon, but not too soon. Not too soon. Is, is the word that I've had. Okay. Soon, but not too soon. All right. We know it's coming. Yeah. But all right. Yeah, but but no, I, and hold I just your breath. well hold your breath, but just um, take a really good deep breath before okay. you uh, hold it. <laughs> but but I'm hoping now. I'm excited because I'm hoping it's it's as cool as this. Yeah, no, they, I mean they've did a really nice job. Like the design, I'll be honest with you. When I first saw it, I was like, I'm driving a Land Rover Defender one Defender 130 this week. This has some distinct similarities to that, and so it definitely has a Defender vibe to it. But you know, the the grill obviously is different, and you go inside and it. I hate to say this, but I'm like, this is everything the Defender should have been on the inside because it is nice and it looks good. The fit and finish is great. I mean, it's just really well done. I uh, I don't want to talk too much about this today, but speaking of Land Rover, I recently drove the Range Rover Sport. Mm-hmm. I, I was not as happy with that as I thought it was going to be for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm still getting my thoughts together, but but I have a list of things that I'm I'm troubled by on that vehicle. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's like the best looking vehicle you can buy on the market right now. And the rest of the vehicle doesn't live up to that great look. Yeah. But we're talking Toyota. But we are talking Toyota. I want to know about this TX. I want to oh, know I want to yeah. know how the three row is. Yeah. I want to know how I think this is gonna be a huge seller for them. Yeah, no, so like I, I, I you know, I think the GX, like I said, was the showstopper, but TX is going to be the moneymaker all day long. And, uh, you know, we saw, I wrote for you the review of the um, Grand Highlander, right. and you Thank see you. a lot of the, the similar features there, like big entry into the third row, availability for somebody who's six foot, you know, two inches tall to sit in that third row. Um, really nice amenities, removable center console if you get in the second row, if you get captain's chairs. Uh, a bit, the ability to put um, seven carry-on bags in the back, you uh-huh. know, with the third row up. Um, so you see all of those things transfer over to Lexus. But what I think Lexus did is, so you have the Platinum trim and the Grand Highlander, which is the top trim of the Grand Highlander. Mm-hmm. And Lexus, you know, the TX kind of picks up where the um, Platinum sure. left off, sure. which makes sense. Yeah. But the materials are, like... There was just something about the Grand Highlander that just felt plasticky and a little bit cheap to me at the end of the day. There is nothing in the TX that feels that way. All of the materials are very up-level and very, um, they feel good on the dash, on the seats. Um, the they, They've also brought in some Lexus-like features. So um, on the third row, in order to move the middle row to get it to uh, move forward so you can go back there, on the Toyota, there's like this handle like this latch that you have to hit to get it to move on the lexus there's a button so you you don't is it power it's yeah well i don't i I don't know if i would say it's power but it's just like you release it's the release button so it's it's easier it looks nicer it works better it's classier um they also have the digital latch door handle Uh things so instead of a regular power manual door handle it's like a button that you push do you care 
Um, I don't care, but it says Lexus. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there's some things, up-level things that differentiate it from the Toyota Here's the thing version. about that. We, we had a guy um, re- go to the NX reveal mm-hmm. a, a while ago, and I think that was one of the first Lexuses mm-hmm. that had that. Mm-hmm. And clearly at the event, they made a big deal. Oh, totally big deal. And, and he made a big deal about it. And I'm reading this thing, and I'm like, eh, we're talking too much about latches here. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they made a very big deal about it. But it is, it's, it's, it's different. Um, and it's not an actual door handle. And, you know, they do have, like, the emergency it, I release. I can't remember. Does it move or is it capacitive? It, it's more capacitive. I mean, it's like yeah. a button that you push, so it yeah. moves to press it okay, in. Okay, there but, is some physical And there action. is, like, the emergency release where you pull it the other way uh-huh. if, you, if the button for some reason dies. Yeah. So you don't burn up in a flame if there's a terrible, terrible yeah. crash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and that's if good. all the electrical that's components you go out, out you can vehicle. still get out of the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. I once drove a Porsche Cayman, uh, and I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was a performance version of the Cayman that I somehow squeezed myself into, mm. and I thought, if I have a crash, if there's a crash, I'm going to die, because <laughs> I can't get out of this car. But <laughs> do you remember the Mercedes SLS? I do. The Gullwing car. Yeah. Beautiful car. Beautiful. Beautiful car. One of the last ve- vehicles without a turbocharged engine. Mm-hmm. It was uh, normally aspirated, high performance. What's that? 5.5 liter V8, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had to park that in places where people would not see me getting in and out of it. <laughs> because at some point, oh. I had both my knees on the ground next to the car. Oh, trying, man. It was bad. Uh. It was bad. But, but it, yeah, it just wasn't made for that. And I remember at, there was a Mama event. It was at our Mama Spring Rally. Mm-hmm. They had the vehicle there. And the guy who was demonstrating the vehicle was, was slight. He was mm-hmm. not a big man. Mm-hmm. And somehow, he could, in a suit, he could get in. He would grab the door, the going door. As he was door, coming down. And he'd slide in. I'm like, he practiced this. Oh, 100%. Like, this, it's not, even if you're small, even if you're your size. I, I felt like was, I, I had to jump to get that door yeah, handle. They, yeah. What they needed was a button. That was a spectacularly good car yeah. to drive. Yeah, it was very good. I and mean, there's a lot wrong with it. It was really loud. It rode harshly, but who cared? Yeah. It was beautiful and fun to drive. <laughs> We're way off topic. Uh, we are a little bit off topic. But the uh, So the GX and the TX are good. They are good. Are these 2025s? Four. Fours? 2024. Okay. And when do we see them? Um, I, I feel like we see the TX by the end of the year, but maybe like GX beginning of next year. I could have those backwards, but just know end of this year, beginning of next year, both of those vehicles will be available. Um, they have... So the GX comes with... Um, Oh, is it, I think it. They, they have a gasoline powertrain, and a hybrid is going to be coming. But they haven't announced any of the specs on what that hybrid is going to be. Okay. And then um, I'm pretty sure we're familiar with it. We've we've probably already seen yeah. it. Um. And then the interesting thing is, and, and this is one of the big difference between the um the Grand Highlander and the TX is, um, the powertrains there. So you have a regular gas engine that's the same. You have one of the hybrids that you see in the um. In the in the uh, Grand Highlander, but then then there's a plug-in hybrid. Oh, and you'll get 33 miles of all electric range. 33. Yeah, that my cutoff there is like 30. Yeah, like if you're gonna make this work okay, for people, make it matter. Knowing that this is Toyota and Lexus. 33 is probably 40. This is all preliminary No, that's true. Prius, I don't know why. There used to be, and then we learned why, that Volkswagen diesels seemed to always outperform their EPA numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, they were cheating. Yeah. So we figured out why that was. Yeah. But, but Toyota four-cylinder hybrids always seem to do better than their EPA numbers. Yeah, they don't Often cheat. Often by a lot. Yeah, but they don't cheat. <laughs> no, no. Now, those numbers come down from the EPA, but they present yeah. those numbers. Like, their engineers yeah. do it. And and these numbers, I think, that we're seeing now are 
Lexus estimates. They, I don't think it's been EPA approved yet. So yeah. um, I anticipate we'll see that number go higher because Toyota and Lexus are conservative. Yeah, we had a Prius once. What was it called? There was a high, There was like a fuel economy version of the previous generation Prius, and I forgot what it was called. But we had four drivers go through that vehicle in mm-hmm. friendly weather, and we weren't driving hard, and we broke 70 miles an hour. That's awesome. Miles per gallon. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So this Lexus thing, a lot of business there, right? Yep. In very short time, they have a new GX, a new T- uh, TX, the RX, which is the mm-hmm. now the two-row version, basically, of the mm-hmm. TX, and the LX, which is their big car that used to be the Land Cruiser. Yeah, I mean, the oldest uh, SUV in their fleet right now is the UX. And that's their tiny, tiny car. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't love. I liked it. But it's it's nice. Yeah. I mean, I see a market for it. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, is that the oldest one now? I think so. Wow. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Speaking of crazy talk, I just reviewed, it's up now, I need to proofread it, uh, the, Le- the Lexus IS. Oh, yeah. I drove the yeah. Lexus IS 500 F Sport. That's such a great car. <laughs> it's a great car. Even if I don't So old it. school, but it's a great car. That's exactly what I wrote. Yeah. That's exactly what I wrote. Because it is, it is old school in the most wonderful way. And that's still in their lineup. I don't know how long it's going to be there. Yeah. But it's probably disappearing soon because they're not going to refresh it. No. I feel like they brought it in 2020 because I remember getting it during COVID. And yeah. It's I, relative. First this this particular... F- version of it is relatively new a yeah couple of years old uh, and i'm getting ready i just had it as well so i'm getting ready to put some tiktoks tiktoks up so today or tomorrow you'll see um some tiktoks on my uh channel about the is little expensive yeah but who cares yeah no yeah and, and it's just a fun car yeah 472 horsepower yeah. really responsive eight-speed automatic transmission compact <laughs> nice interior great handling great yeah. brakes it's old school and that was the one that had the uh, trackpad in it that I tweeted out last week. Yeah. And, and that does, I don't hate it as much as everyone else, but it sucks. Yeah. It sucks, but who cares? Yeah. The car is so good. All right. So lots of Lexus news. Uh, congratulations on, what is it? The Women's... Women's World Car of the Year. Okay. You'll have to keep us on top of that. I have not heard of that organization. Yeah. And maybe they don't have a big North American footprint yet. They don't. They don't. So like I said, I think there's three of us that um, in the United States who are jurors. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to be like voting for like the Renault Clio or something weird. I can't wait to vote for Renault. <laughs> that would be awesome. It would be, see, that's what you want. You want them to bring really weird Euro stuff here for you to test awesome. drive here. That would be, or just, you know, take me out there to, to, to drive them. That'd be so much fun. Oh, sure. Now you want free trips. Yeah, I, I got miles. I can do it. All right. But before we take a break, I think you wanted to talk about one of my pet peeves in a vehicle that may be gone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. The Subaru Crosstrek Premium. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm actually driving a 2016 Crosstrek today. Okay. I am between cars for 36 hours. Okay. Uh, so I'm driving my wife's car. However, the stop-start system uh-huh. in Subarus has been very, very bad. Yeah. I just drove the all, not the all new, but the freshened uh, Crosstrek. Yeah. Fixed. Yeah. At least on the base two liter engine, the stop start is incredibly silky. Yeah. And I, I've driven that vehicle and I don't remember um, how but, I felt about it, which means which is good. that's probably good. Because it didn't stick out. If you remembered it, you'd remember that it used to be awful. Yeah. Well, and I would remember that in the, in the newer version, like it was like if I hated it or not. So, yeah. Here's the thing about stop start systems. Uh, uh, 
if they don't bother you, then they're fine. And in some mm-hmm. cars, you can turn them off. But in Subaru, Subaru uses horizontally opposed engines. They're flat. Yeah. Which means the sisters, the, the cylinders, the pistons actually go left and right, not up and down. It's a weird system. It's what Porsche uses in the 911 and the Cayman and the and the Boxster. Uh, and there's something about that that makes stop-start difficult to make work smoothly. <laughs> and we've learned that Subaru had a hard time with that. Yeah. Now it's better. Good. Hopefully it's better everywhere. Fingers crossed. All right. We should take a break. When we come back, we talk to Robbie DeGraff of Auto Pacific about weird stuff at General Motors. Yes. Is that a good tease? That could be a good tease. All right. We'll be right back. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. I am Tom Appel. Thanks for sticking around today. Jill, we forgot something. We, we did. We forgot something. You and I cut a bonus episode of the Car Stuff Podcast, episode 168, which did not air on Talk Zone. Correct. So some people may not know about it, but it is all about the Rebel Rally. Yes. It is a nine-minute nutshell of the Rebel yes. Rally, at which you will be running again this year. Yes. So if people want to hear more about that, episode 168, it's available wherever podcasts are, and it is now two podcasts ago. <laughs> but it's not old news. It is It is. It is new and old news. Yes. Yes. So good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do I usually talk about now? Oh, I talk about me. Uh, donuts? No. Because I'm, like I'm eating my pink uh, pink. The uh, strawberry iced ring. Mm-hmm. So it's good? Uh, it is very good. That's your review. That's it's my review. very good. Okay. All right. Um, so, I guess, yeah, you can talk about you now. <laughs> yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm Car Guy Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain. How's that? Promise. You know what's a good conversation right now? Mm. Cars people don't see anymore. You know, I do the car spotter thing, mm-hmm. hashtag car spotter. But a lot of people have checked in on cars they don't see anymore. One of them, uh, I believe your your husband, not a, fu- not a fusion, a uh, contour. Oh, yeah. He had the SVT contour. <laughs> well, no one sees that. <laughs> no, it like he had one of like one, I think, in the Chicago yeah. area. But the Ford contour, which was Ford briefly, Ford's midsize car, was based yeah. on the European, um, I forgot what it was called. But there was a, a European Ford that was based on, there was a Mercury Mystique. Yep. Which was the same car sold by Mercury. Yeah. No, so. Ford contour. Yeah, when my husband and I first started dating, I hated that car. The the the, the doors creaked. Um, and it was just like miserable on the interior. Nothing worked. I couldn't drive it because I couldn't get the seat close enough up to push the clutch in. Well, that's a hell of a review. Yeah. Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible, miserable car. <laughs> that's why we don't see them anymore. And that's why we don't see them. Um, and I married him anyway. There you go. <laughs> so many mistakes. All right. Um, um, you and I were talking about this. We've talked about it in a, on previous shows. But mm-hmm. General Motors, mm-hmm. General Motors has decided to ace, to ditch, to dump. Apple CarPlay and, yep. and Android Auto. Yep. And we're like, why? Yeah. So we decided the best guy to tell us about this is Robbie DeGraff. Robbie is the product and consumer insight analyst with Auto Pacific. Robbie, how are you today? I am doing great. You know, it was really hard to keep my uh, keep my mouth shut when you were talking about the Ford Contour. <laughs> uh, I've, 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 I've honestly always wanted the Contour SVT. You see them pop up on Craigslist every once in a while. Don't do it. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's a very intriguing thing, but yeah, I think I'll I think I'll hold off. But it's it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Not not that what we wanted to talk to you isn't important, but about the Contour SVT, <laughs> the initial reviews of that car were really good, right? That little that right. little two and a half liter multivel V six manual transmission. Oh, the engine is great. The yeah. transmission is great if you can drive it. Okay. 
Jonathan left the car. All right. Enough contour <laughs> talk. Rob, Robbie, how are you, sir? Things are great. Things are great. Things are great. Yeah, the um, the GM's, I mean, just jumping into it, GM's okay. decision to um, wipe Apple CarPlay from some of its future products, mostly EVs, is uh, it's it's definitely caught a lot of us by surprise. So before we even go any further, I want to I wanna ask you a question because... What Tom said and what you said sounded a little bit different to me. He said GM is getting rid of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, and you just said Apple CarPlay. Is it is it both? One? What's what? Let's clarify that first. Yeah, no, that's actually a great question. I, um, as far as I can tell, and everything I've read, they've only mentioned Apple oh. CarPlay, and I think part of the reason for that is I believe some of their upcoming infotainment systems are going to be. Um, Google-based, Android-based. I mm-hmm. need to triple-check that, but okay. everything I've read, including um, Mary Barra's you know, announcement, was related to just Apple CarPlay. Interesting. So Android mm-hmm. users could potentially still have Android Auto. It's just CarPlay's won't-won't. So why would yeah, that pot- be? Potentially. So I think, I think, you know, GM is... The biggest reason for it, you know, and again, it's really, it's really kind of a shock just because of like how popular and widely mm-hmm. used of a, a feature it is. But um, when you hook your phone up to Apple Apple CarPlay, whether it be wired or wireless, you kind of bypass that chance that GM has to like tap into your phone and learn what you're doing and get data on you. Um, so by removing Apple CarPlay from a vehicle. That allows GM to get more of a clearer picture of like what you're doing, what they know about you, what your habits are, what your features are, um, and then like capitalize on it. So you know if you're using their native infotainment system and you're plugging in destinations and seeing where you're going, and you know maybe listening to your, or monitoring your, your, you know satellite radio usage. You know there's all sorts of ways that GM can track that, and then you know maybe suggest like different like subscriptions to things like hey like here's something that gm can offer you rather than you know an app on your apple phone so so gm doesn't care that like i'm checking out on old ex-girlfriends they care about (laughs) where i'm driving and where i'm spending money correct correct and um it's there's definitely you know I think what makes the whole thing really interesting is that, you know, they're going to be starting to do this on their future EVs. I believe the, I believe it's the Blazer mm-hmm. EV, the 2024 Blazer EV is the first one to, the first new GM product that's not going to have Apple CarPlay. And I think what's really crazy about that is in all of our Auto Pacific research we've done, we found that EV and plug-in hybrid owners want Apple CarPlay and Android Auto quite a bit more than those that have regular ICE vehicles. So it's like we're not really sure why they're, why they're making this decision to do so when like the demand and all of our research whether it be, you know, regardless of powertrain, regardless of segment, regardless of demographic or, or brands considered, consumers clearly want Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in their next vehicle. Right, and that's why this seems so weird and risky to me. But, mm-hmm. but here, here's a question for you, and I've been hearing this now for, what, three, four, five years, in that the data that is captured because we're using an infotainment system that can that knows so much about what we do is it, manufacturers want to monetize this information. What I don't understand is how they're going to monetize this. Do they sell it? Do they use it themselves? Are they going to use it for marketing to us? Uh, what is the deal, and how is this actually monetized? 
Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think you nailed it. I think there's all sorts of different approaches for it. Um, you know, I'm thinking if a, uh, let's just say like a Chevy Equinox EV's navigation system sees that you're frequently like, you know, plugging in addresses into the navigation for like Starbucks or like Collectivo or another coffee shop. And that coffee shop wanted to reach out to General Motors and be like, hey, can you give us an idea of like, you know, who's coming to these shops? Where are they coming from? How far are they driving? So I think it's like not only working with like third-party companies that are interested in getting that data, um, but then like as General Motors looks to like expand on their infotainment system, offering all sorts of like, you know, in-vehicle apps, stuff you can download from like a designated app store in the infotainment system. Uh Um, So let's just say, you know, I don't know, let's just say that you're frequently going to the airport and uh, GM can track that you're plugging in destinations for the airport, you know, a couple times a week. After a while, I'm sure they're going to figure out, okay, you know, uh, Tomafel is really doing a lot of traveling. Let's send him a, you know, notification of like, hey, here's a free like built-in parking app that you can use. And if you download it through GM's infotainment system, we can give you a discount when you park at the airport, if that makes sense. So I think there's, (laughs) I think that's like, I think those are the two big ways that they're going to start using that data once they get from people using their infotainment systems. So, so in effect, it is in fact direct marketing, right? If I buy an Equinox EV, they will be marketing to me apps and, and other things that I would be paying for, presumably on a monthly basis, because they're looking for these these alternate revenue streams. Um, mm-hmm. And and then would this would this appear to me on my phone or or on the actual um, infotainment system? I believe it's going to be all on the infotainment system. I think they're really trying to. I hate this. You know. Mm-hmm. Up, up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. This is just really irritating. No, no, it is irritating. It is irritating. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I mean, for someone like myself, I mean, I have a, I admittedly have a Samsung Galaxy, so I'm an Android, uh, Android Auto user, and you're one of those. It, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I and whether it be a, a six-figure BMW or a, you know, forty thousand dollar Toyota, I have. So many issues with Android Auto compared to uh, when my wife uses Apple CarPlay. So, uh-huh. um, but it's yeah, it's 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 really really interesting. And I think like the other thing too is if you are using a native infotainment system on like a Cadillac and it detects that you know you're listening to certain radio stations, they might you might get a notification at some point saying like, oh, like do you want to try using this certain podcasting app? You know, here's a trial for it. So. It's definitely a kind of a, a touchy subject in a way for GMs kind of just like get to know you just a little bit better who's sitting in that driver's seat. Yeah, well, you know, and I think another part of this money grab um, that that GM is going for is going to be internal subscriptions because mm-hmm. when you think about it and, and you know, I'm just starting to look into this issue right now just for the regular ICE vehicles, but... Uh, General Motors has moved to a Google-powered operating system for all of their vehicles. And Mm -hmm. 
if you don't pay a subscription fee, um, Google Assistant doesn't work. The maps don't work. Mm-hmm. You know, the sign reader that pops up your your um, speed limit sign doesn't work. And so this is, you know. That's okay because I don't want the car telling me how fast I should be driving. <laughs> but I'm just saying this is this is another part of the money grab. With Apple CarPlay, yeah. I don't need their native navigation. I don't need their Google-powered crap. I can just plug in my phone. I can use my Apple Maps. I can use my Waze. And I don't have to pay them a dime. But what they're forcing you to do is if you want navigation, something that we've all come to depend on, because unless you're a rebel like I am, you don't know how to use a map and compass to get where you're going. So you need your navigation. (laughs) One one of the interesting Mm -hmm. things about this, and maybe, Robbie, you can comment on this, but it seems like younger drivers are probably more inclined to sign up for a subscription service. Mm -hmm. I think that they're more. Because if you're. Because they don't know any different. If you're old like me. Like you, you've been just using cars forever and mm-hmm. paying extra for something like a navigation system is it's insane. In, it's infuriating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know what? I wanted to ask you something, Robbie. So, so every manufacturer has a native system. So, if you're not using Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, there's a there's an onboard system, and they're usually reasonably good. Uh, is General Motors branding something, or do they have something that they're they're going to be presenting as an alternative to CarPlay? Are they going to be talking about this up front, basically? I believe so. I mean, GMs, uh, you know, from other, you know, when I've driven GM products recently, like their native navigation system does work pretty well. And I mean, they're going to keep expanding on that and expanding on that, of course. Um, But again, I think the, I think the biggest, you know, issue is just the fact that even if you have a gorgeous, really quick working wide touchscreen, we all know it's a lot easier to like plug an Ederson on your phone while you're parked, hook mm-hmm. it up to Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, and then go. Um, mm-hmm. And it also like gives the you know the passenger can adjust it on the fly too. But um, just to to circle back on subscriptions, so yeah. we did a study a couple months ago that just like gauged um, you know consumer interest in various subscriptions for like connected features. So that's anything from uh, having a Wi-Fi hotspot in your car to uh, playing video games on the center council screen or streaming video on the center council screen or doing video conferencing. All of this, of course, while parks not in motion. Um, but we did find that younger consumers are definitely more interested in that. And then the other thing, and I guess this goes towards you know, kind of the benefit of GM with choosing to do this move, this controversial move on their EVs, is that... EV and plug-in hybrid owners and buyers are much more interested and willing to pay for a subscription service mm-hmm. to like a connected type feature huh. than that of an ICE vehicle. And I think that's just because, you know, a lot of these EVs and a lot of these plug-in hybrids, they're, they're a lot more technologically advanced. People want, you know, they want to be wired into them and, sure. you know, learn what's going on with the vehicle and engaging with, you know, your home and stuff. If you want to do like connected features there, um, so there's definitely like a, a a perk, I guess, by GM offer by GM choosing to do this on their EVs versus their ICE vehicles because they're probably going to have a lot more EV and PHEV owners being like, okay, you know, yeah, it it admittedly it's it's it sucks that they're taking away Apple CarPlay, but okay, I can pay a couple bucks a month to have this feature on the uh, on the the Blazer EVs infotainment. Okay, I'll do it. Like I think you're going to have a lot more younger consumers like open to that idea. 
Interesting. Robbie, we're running mm-hmm. out of time, but I wanted to get your take on something crazy. Uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. The news recently uh, from Ford and General Motors that they are about to partner with Tesla, and this is for charging station access, is some of the biggest news in, in the EV industry, uh, whatever. Yeah, it is absolutely groundbreaking. Um, you know, we saw Ford a couple couple weeks ago um, yeah. announce that they were doing that. Now GM is doing that where... Um, they are starting in 2025. Their EVs are going to have the um, the NACS like connecting port in there, and EV owners as soon as next year will be able to get adapt GM EV owners as soon as next year will be able to get an adapter to plug into it. Um, I think it's game changing. I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, the biggest one of the biggest reasons that we found in our research that consumers are not interested in EVs is just the lack of reliable, mm-hmm. quick, go-to charging stations. Is it reasonable to say that this is a result, more or less, of the failure of commercial public charging? Like, the, the, just the, the consumer response to, to um, just poorly operating oper- uh, you know, um, equipment, uh, to lower charge times or slower charge times than people expected, like, this, the public systems, they failed. Yeah, I do think that's accurate to say. Um, I mean, Tesla's had it in the bag for, you know, way many years now of, of a network that's not only just, like, quick, but it's built out, it's reliable. Um, I mean, when you – I don't own a Tesla myself, but, you know, when I do go to, like, a, a an Electrify America station or an EVgo station, just the the experience and the reliability of hooking your vehicle up to something like that compared to a Tesla – supercharging station. It's a night and day difference. And I think that GM and Ford have both made excellent decisions. You know, it's going to save them a lot of money in development costs of their EVs. I think GM's saving like $400 million by doing though, oh, wow. by doing so with, with Tesla. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big number. Um, it's, it's groundbreaking. It's game-changing. Um, and I'm really curious to see which other automakers jump on board, too, because I think that that's definitely the right move you think they would now so here's a question for you and this is a lot of speculation but would Mm -hmm. tesla have done this if tesla had not found itself beginning this year and late last year in a position to discount its vehicles it seems as if the huge momentum behind tesla sales seems to have slowed and on some models they're finding themselves in a position where they have to lower costs to stay competitive and uh, do you think that they would have done this if they didn't find themselves in need of another revenue stream yeah, like I mean Tesla's Tesla's products, I mean they've they've definitely aged, but they're still insanely desirable. However, as we know, like the EV market is growing and growing and growing. You're getting really good entries from like Hyundai and Kia. Yeah. And Volvo's got some great EVs coming out. I mean there's just about every automaker mm-hmm. has like a solid EV in the game right now, and I think that Tesla realized like oh crap, like our share of the EV market is shrinking. Like they still are the the dominant player, of course, but right. They need to figure out a way to like bring in some more cash because you know you've got other vehicles on the way. You've got Cybertruck if that if that ever actually gets here. But like you've got a lot of future Tesla product plans that they need to execute in order to stay relevant. And by teaming up with like GM and Ford and hopefully Stellantis and other automakers jump on board, that'll bring in some more dollars to their pocket. And then Tesla will be developing their network further as a result of this. One supposes. Yeah, I, and I hope they do, and I, I actually have full confidence that they will do so not only in a timely way, but in a way that makes way more sense than what some of the other <laughs> uh, third-party charging outfitters are doing right now. 
So, I mean, speaking of those third-party outfitters, before we wrap this up, um, do you think this means, like, General Motors, Ford are going to start, like, contributing to, like, Electrify America and EVgo to put in Tesla, like, the North American charging standard, that's NACS, right? Um, Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. so are we going to start seeing Tesla chargers at those places as well? Or never the twain shall meet? Or shall EVgo and um, Electrify America die? Yeah, Jill, that's a great question. Um, This is something our team has talked about here, like internally, too. And like, I think, I don't necessarily think it's the end of, you know, EVgo and Electrify America. I do think it is a humongous wake up call, kind of like this, like, oh, shoot, we need to get our our (laughs) stuff together. Oh, shoot, indeed. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, well, yeah, because like you have, I mean, you you have millions of EVs on the road that don't have the NACS charger. And Electrify America and EVgo and ChargePoint, they need to ensure that their existing stations and whatever ones they have coming out are 100% good to go. Because I think that's a huge, that's going to be a huge selling point if an automaker has a Tesla connection and these Tesla, collect, these Tesla EV connections are going to be everywhere. I think people are going to flock to those because they know they're reliable and mm-hmm. like, a proven method. I think so. Robbie, we've flat run out of time. Tell us how people can keep track of what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So we are at AutoPacific on Twitter, and then our website is AutoPacific.com. We post a lot of market research data from our studies that we do. And then I am also on Twitter at Robbie underscore DeGraff AP. You you post great stuff on Twitter. People should follow you. Robbie, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, my honor. It was so great to talk to you both. You too. We'll have you back on soon. That is Robbie DeGraff with AutoPacific. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's... Quiz time. Quiz time. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Car Stuff Podcast. Thanks for sticking around today. Jill. Yes. Jill, um, what's that stuff on the computer where you say hi to people? <laughs> Social media. Social media. Yeah. You yeah. do that. I, I do, in fact, do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. I am on Twitter. Um, uh, perhaps not as prolifically entertaining as you are. Uh, but How could uh, you be? I, that, that would be true. That yeah. would be true. I'm a born entertainer. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, post. LinkedIn. I'm on all the places. And you can find me at Jill Simonello. So it's my name, all one word, J-I-L-L-C-I-M-I-N-I-L-L-O. Um, and I use the hashtag car du jour. And so using that is probably the easier way to find me. If you wrote a book about social media, you could call it all the places. All the places. All I am on places. all the places. I have. Tell me again. Tell me again the organization that you were just uh, Women's World join. Car of the Year. You know what today's topic is? Oh, see, there you go. How apropos. Car Stuff Power Quiz number 170. The topic is women. Women. There you go. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. This topic is self-explanatory per a study conducted this year by S&P Global Mobility. I need you to tell me which of the following brands is more popular with women. Hmm. That's it. That's the entire quiz. Are you ready? Oh, great. <laughs> Not ready, but okay. You're a woman. I, I, I am a woman. So you should have some insight on this. No, I'm not your typical female. Jill. <laughs> Jill, which of the following brands is more popular with women? This per study by S&P Global Mobility. Okay. Conducted this year. This is fresh data. Fresh. Mini or Mazda? 
Ooh, see, the Jill answer is Mazda because I like Mazda. I like Mazda too. Um, but Mini is just so cute. It is. I don't love Mini anymore. Um, Reliability issues, for one thing. Yeah. And pricing. Do you remember when they were super affordable? Yeah. Do you remember when the Mini first came out and there was just the one Mini? Yep. And it started at like sixteen grand. Yep. And it was a blast to drive. Mm-hmm. I loved Mini. Yeah. Yeah. Things aren't like that anymore. Yeah, and they had much more solid um, interior pieces. My sister has like a 2005 Mini Cooper, and she refuses to sell it because it's such higher quality than the Minis they're pushing out today. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Mini I'm or a, Mazda? No, I'm, no, no, I'm going to go with the Jill answer. I'm going to go with Mazda. It's Mini. Yeah. Jill, you have no points. I know. You like saying that. <laughs> it's like Cookie Monster say having no friends. We didn't discuss the rules. There are five questions yes. and a bonus question. You need to get a total of three correct. Yes. For a win. Yes. All right. You have no points. I so have now, no now points. now you have Thanks. five opportunities yeah. to get your three. Jill, which of the following brands is more popular with women? Lexus or Infinity? So the Jill answer would be Lexus. But I I don't know. I just feel like there are a lot of women out there who really like Infinity. I, you know, I'm just going to keep going with the Jill answers, and they're all going to be wrong. Um, so I'm going to say Lexus. You are correct. Oh, yay. Here's the thing about Lexus. When I started going to the health club I go to, before I was a car guy, like before uh-huh. I started working at Consumer Guide, I, I joined this health club. And, and it draws from the Palatine area, but also from more upscale areas. Okay. A lot of professional women there who got wind of the fact that I knew a lot about cars. <laughs> and they would come and ask me like, about cars they wanted to buy. Right. Do you know what they almost all bought? A Lexus RX? Not an RX. Okay. Uh, a, uh, an ES. Oh. Back when that was a smaller car. Okay, it was back, more Camry sized. Back when it was a car thing. Unbelievable. Okay. But, 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 but lawyers, doctors, they, they just the Lexus ES was like a simple answer. Yeah. They didn't want to get into cars. They didn't care about cars as much as guys, but they wanted a nice car that was appropriate to their status, that was nice, and they didn't have to think about. Hmm. Lexus. Lexus. Yeah. All right, you have one point. Jill, which of the following brands is more popular with women, Buick or Kia? Oh, so I grew up in a Buick household. Um, my my dad's company cars were always Buick. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yep. What did uh, your dad do? He worked for a pharmaceutical company. Okay. He was a clinical research associate. Buick seems exactly right. Yeah. For then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we had um, the LeSabre and the Regal, like pretty much every year. Uh-huh. Um, Buick or... In the late 70s and the early 80s, the LeSabre was a great car. Yeah. Big old GMB bodies. Those were great cars. It was... It was well, and my dad liked it because when I was learning how to drive, he was like... You will not damage this car. Well, you <laughs> like won't, if you, get you a, won't die in that. No, car. you you will not. Da- like if you get in an accident, like you may darn well scratch it. That, that's true, and <laughs> I probably did. Um, but okay, Buick or Kia? Uh-huh. I really Kia has done such an amazing job lately from their styling. But I, is that more of a dude thing? Um, I'm gonna go Buick. You are correct. <laughs> This is looking better for you. Yep, Buick. I'm going to talk about these numbers in a moment. Yeah, I'm like, the Jill answer would have been Kia. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. All right. Jill, which of the following brands is more popular with women, Ram or Tesla? Oh, that's a really odd comparison. It is. I feel like those are both dude brands. Um, do you? I do. I had not picked Tesla as a dude brand. Oh, 100%. Um, the numbers in a moment are going to support what you just said. I'll share those in a moment. Um, 
but but I know a lot of women who like pickup trucks and they like the Ram because of like the interior fit and finish and finishing. Uh, cabins are gorgeous the, on, on I mean, higher trim levels. Yeah, I mean the cabins are gorgeous. The um, center stack is really well done. Oh, both two dude brands. Which is the most dudist? Um, I want to say Tesla or Tesla is more duty, so I'm going to say Ram is more popular with women. Yeah, incorrect. It's, it's Tesla is more popular okay. with women, but not by a lot. We'll, we'll get to that in okay. a moment. Um, um, Joe, which of the following brands is more popular with women, Mitsubishi or Kia? <laughs> you brought Kia in there twice. I did. Um, like we don't really sell a lot of Mitsubishi's in the United States, so by default, I'm going to kind of go Kia. No, Mitsubishi. Ugh. This means you need the bonus question. Oh, man. But before we get to the bonus question. Okay. Most popular with women, in order, Buick, Mitsubishi, Mini, Lexus, Infiniti, Mazda, and Kia. Those are the, what is that, seven most popular brands with women. The least popular are Ram, most, uh, most GM, C, Ford, Tesla, and Dodge. Hmm. I had thought because Tesla sells so many Model Ys, small crossovers, that it had some appeal to women. But mm. not much. Mm-mm. No, dude bro brand. All right, you need the bonus question. This one matters. Uh, a topic you're very familiar with. Uh-huh. Um, uh, do you have a favorite bagel place in Chicago? No. Okay. Well, there's a place called New York Bagel and Bialy right by my old office on okay. Cicero Avenue in Lincolnwood. Great bagel place. I need you to tell me which of the following is not a variety of cream cheese offered at New York Bagel and Bialy. Are you ready? Great. This is easy. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I got four choices. One of them is not on their menu. Got it. Cream cheese. Mm-hmm. I love cream cheese. Mm. Jalapeno, strawberry, sriracha, or ghost pepper? <laughs> um, so re- re- you said four, right? So read through uh-huh. them again. Uh-huh. Jalapeno. Uh-huh. Strawberry. Uh-huh. Sriracha. Uh-huh. Ghost pepper. So what I find fascinating is three of those are hot peppers. Sriracha, jalapeno, and ghost pepper. They are. And then strawberry. I used to go to that place all the time. I've never had any of the pepper varieties of uh, cream cheese. Um, I think strawberry has to be on there because that's got to be a staple. Um, I feel like ghost pepper is kind of a novelty. So I wouldn't be surprised if that were on there. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And jalapeno, it just seems like it's kind of a standard easy. But, I mean, sriracha. It's got to be one of the peppers. Mm-hmm. Going to need an answer. I know, I know. Yeah. TikTok. Yep. We still have five minutes. I can I can draw this out. Well, like out. six. We have like, no, we have like four minutes. I can we have draw to this out. You can. Um, you can and earn my ire. I already have your ire. <laughs> I don't need to earn it. <laughs> um... Just every time I look here, here's how I have your ire. TikTok. Yeah. Hey, and one more thing, running. You know where they talk about ghost peppers a lot? TikTok. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, actually, in my household we talk about ghost peppers a lot. Ghost pepper irritates me because it isn't anything. <laughs> okay. It just—it's just hot. It doesn't. That's true. It doesn't, it doesn't really have a flavor. You have to add something to it to actually give it flavor. Also, you knew that ghost pepper had run the course when it started showing up on stuff at Arby's, because that's the end of the line for any culinary trend. Like, it begins at some weird restaurant in New York and uh-huh. ends at Arby's. It ends at Arby's. Yeah. So this is the end. So are you telling me it's ghost pepper? I'm not telling you anything. 
<laughs> oh man. So I think it's either gonna be sriracha or ghost pepper. Uh-huh. Um Here's the thing about sriracha. Yummy. It is yummy. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll go with ghost pepper. You are correct. <laughs> I just wanted to sign this because I left a place to sign this. You you always leave a place to sign it. Um, there you go. Yeah. No. Congratulations. I I like ghost Ignore peppers. Ignore my notes in red. Wait, okay. Wait, why do I have that there? What did I, don't I know. write? Why do you, what do you have? Um, oh, oh, my surprise that Ford uh, was so unpopular with women. And I, I, you would think they would sell a lot of vehicles that would appeal to women, but you wonder if the whole Bronco F-150 thing... I was going to say, not when you think about the fact that the best-selling vehicle in the United States is the Ford F-150 or the Ford F-Series. Um, yeah. and, and Ram, right? What, well, Ram is but, just pickups. But I'm just saying, the best-selling vehicle in the United States, in the United States, yeah. is the Ford F-Series. Yeah, and that explains the presence of GMC. Yeah. Because largely what they sell is large SUVs and... Can, can I also point out a typo? <laughs> you can. So... Lest popular? You spelled it L-E-S-T. Oh. It should be L-E-A-S-T. All right. First of all, I'm dyslexic. Second, I don't care. It's the quiz. But whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to help you be a better person. If I wrote it wrong, I'll read it right. That's the weird thing about it. Like, I would never be stumped by my own typo. Okay. All Good. Right. Anything else going on? We've got uh, two minutes, three minutes. Uh, so uh, I'm just posting, it should have gone live now, uh, a story on Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk uh-huh. uh, website, so pickuptrucktalk.com, a story comparing Grand Highlander and the TX. Because well, I that's topical. That, I figure that is going to be very curious for people who may be trying to decide between those two vehicles. That's topical. Yeah. That's, see, like, that's a challenge to me now. I want to write about stuff I want to write about, and you're writing about stuff that people might actually want to read, and that just complicates things for me, because I'll never get to the stuff I want to write if I'm writing the stuff I should write. Well, then you just need to write more. Uh. <laughs> I occasionally go off on tangents. I think that, I think that all the time. And like write anytime, what I write. Anytime I'm eating a sandwich and watching Gunsmoke, it's mm-hmm. like, I should probably be writing right now. You should be. There you go. Yeah. All right. Guess what we did? Uh, we talked a lot. I really burned a lot of time during the quiz is what I did. You did. Yeah. You, <laughs> and thank you. I had no topics to go to. So yeah, we had to burn time. What? You don't have anything new on your website? Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, BMW X1 review. There you go. I like that vehicle a lot. That is their smallest, most affordable crossover. Uh, I think women would like that to stay topical. <laughs> it's just that it's aggressively designed or aggressively uh, tuned okay. as other BMW products. It's also excellent. All right. And it's in Utah orange. Ooh, I like orange. It's a good color. Yeah. I don't get the Utah part, but it's a beautiful color. So um, people want to check out the color. The color of the mountains in Utah are kind sure. of orangey. Sure. I think Utah, oh. I think salt. Okay. There you go. Mm. <laughs> All right, Jill, that's a show. All right. Thanks to Robbie DeGraff of Auto Pacific. Uh, thanks to producer Randy and the good folks here at Talk Zone. Thank you, Jill, for being in studio today. Yeah. Be sure to subscribe to the Car Stuff podcast and leave us a review if you have time. It helps a lot. All right, let's talk about cars again more. Next week. Next week. Remember to check us out at consumerguide.com. The Car Stuff Podcast is produced by J Turn Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com.